0: Welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. Good morning. We are uh, continuing uh, to talk about one of my favorite things, and that is Jesus. Um, I've been uh, in one form or another at varying levels of distance from him uh, for most of my life. And I have to tell you, um, I love him more now than I ever have in my life before. Oh, man. Um, He is better than I ever imagined. He is more beautiful than I could have possibly known. He is more lovely. He is funnier. He is more gracious. Um, more confusing. Um, usually, when you walk with somebody for a while, you get to kind of know them. And Jesus, yes, He has allowed us to get to know Him. But as you as you get to know Him, you discover, like you know, sometimes you're on a on a on a on a road, and you think that as you turn the corner, the vista will become clear and it does and then you discover there's another corner and the vista opens up again and then you turn again and then there's more that's I think how I'm experiencing him in new new ways Uh, so I go back to familiar stories like we'll do today and as you know Darren has been leading us through this conversation how do we how do we if I can use this as my way of thinking about this, not I don't think his, but how do we, how do we let Jesus let be bigger than our ideas of him, especially even church ideas, let alone cultural expectations, because the church has a has a cultural limitation often on who Jesus is, and 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 um, and it makes us feel safe, it gives us some sense of. You know, like we're in control of something. Um, but Jesus regularly just kind of demolishes our expectations, right? And in this story this morning, this passage this morning, it's an early one. it's a, it's one of the jokes that Jesus tells early on, and invites us kind of through that uh turn to start to pay attention to something that he's doing. So we're just taking these familiar stories through the Gospel of Luke and trying to get a glimpse of Jesus, not simply so that we can um, kind of, you know, make a poster of Jesus or n- create a new meme that gives us a sense of uh, of something, but so that we can actually say, well, how, A, how, do, how does, what's what's he about? What's he really about? But then how can I learn to think about my life through that lens. Um, And so the passage we'll look at um, is relatively early in Jesus's ministry um, and we'll talk about why that is in a minute. It's Luke chapter eight. Uh, Jesus is just, if you've been kind of following along at home, uh, starting to turn the corner into a much broader and more public ministry. He's been doing most of his stuff uh, so far up in the northern area of the Galilee, kind of the backwoods uh, area just north of Hemet there. Uh, and, and not a whole lot of folks, not a lot of traction, uh, but it's starting to build a pretty significant following already in that, in that area, that region. So as he starts to turn the corner and move more um, directly south into the more populated regions and particularly into the regions where he's going to be running into tension and conflict with uh, uh, varying religious authorities and so on and so forth, finally resulting in his death on the cross, he tells this story I think this, this so that so that his disciples so that uh, his followers will, 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 will understand how he approaches his life, if you will. Um, so it's, it's the story here, begins in, in chapter eight, verse four, he says this, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to hear Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, Some fell along the path. It was trampled on. The birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out then, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So his disciples asked him what the parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, but then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they don't believe and are saved. Those who are on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are, are choked by life's worries, by riches, by pleasures, and so they don't mature. Now the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. So consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more, whoever does not have, even what they think they have will be taken from them. So this is kind of an enigmatic uh, story uh, and it's inviting us to kind of dig in deeply. Uh, it's relatively straightforward on the surface uh, because 2,000 years, we've talked about this one once or twice. Um, and uh, I, I think in general, we're probably on on track with what's going on. Uh, but I think there's a couple of things I'd like to underline. I'm not going to walk through the whole thing, uh, partly because... Uh, as I was working on it over these last couple of weeks, I've realized I'm not altogether sure I know what's actually going on there. Um, I hate it when that happens, but there you go. Um, what I think Jesus is saying is he starts to turn the corner and, and, and look out into this, this broader horizon of ministry that he's going to be going to. Large crowds are now gathering. All kinds of folks are coming and Jesus, as he sends, in a few moments, he's going to, a few chapters rather, he's going to send his disciples out on their mission, and he wants us to notice what he knows is going to happen. What he knows is going to happen. In other words, this is not a parable about soil as such. It's a story about response. It's a parable of response. It's a parable that gives us in a nutshell four possible options by which people having heard the word, having received the seed sown, are going to respond to it. And Jesus, in saying this, and uh, we'll we'll look at this as we go go down because I'm just going to snapshot a bunch of other stories immediately following this. Jesus is inviting us to consider... Uh, not how to make the soil better, necessarily. But what we as the sower, like he is the sower, are going to do in the light of the fact that people are gonna to respond to that in varying ways, time after time after time. Is that making any sense? So he says, first of all, the guy goes out, sows the seed, and it's a broadcast method of sowing. Uh, it, 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 is, it is, as you can tell, uh, not the modern methodologies of sowing now where we have our tractors and our fertilizer and our seed hook up to GPS and we know the makeup of the soil on the land and we can drop the right seed and the right fertilizer and the right moisture and it's irrigated and we don't, n- n- none of that. It relies solely on rain. It relies solely on the, the flooding of the river and the, and the overflowing of its banks and the distribution of silt into the bottom lands where then seed would be sown, you're gathering the image. So the farmer would go out as he sees the water receding and he would throw the seed out and, and, and some of it would land, he says, on that path, on that path that has gotten worn into the fields since last harvest. You know how we take that shortcut, we do the catty corner shortcut because it's an easier, we don't go around, we go through that path over time, it's gotten hard packed. The seed hits that. The birds get it on the first or second bounce, and it's gone. Doesn't even have a chance to 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 to, to, to land. It is irrelevant how good the seed is at that point. It doesn't have a, have a chance. It's just gone, right? And and so second. It's like, it's, it's like it, 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 there's that, you know, you know, you know how last, last year we knew where it was because of what, what happened? Well this year, because of the way the soil has rearranged as a result of the flooding and the way the silt has gotten distributed and the way the rains came in, yeah, we don't know where, the, there's a limestone shelf somewhere under this soil. And we don't, we don't know where it is exactly this year. So we're just gonna sow. And what's going to happen is what happens every year. The seed is going to land in that four, five, six inches of soil. It's going to pop down, and the roots are going to bounce off the limestone shelf that's that's there, the rocky soil. And then when the sun comes up, the moisture in that is not going to be enough to sustain them, and they're just they're just going to burn up and burn out that's going to happen. And then sometimes you know how how over the over the years we have 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 kind of pulled the weeds in the center but left the edges kind of almost as a boundary a barrier between us and the and the and the guy sowing next next door. So those weeds are, are there and the seeds we don't we don't harvest them in a year and they tend to spread so we we we're, 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 we're anticipating an outcome but there's not a whole lot we can do about it. We don't have what y'all have, pesticides or, or herbicides, you, you, you know. Um, so so, so we, do, we sow the seed, and weed seed and wheat seed grow up together. And initially, we can't tell which is which, and even if we could, we'd probably pull the wrong stuff. So it just grows, and what happens is the wheat seed gets... Throttled by the weed seed. And it produces the stalk and maybe a leaf, but no grain in in the stock he says sometimes it's going to be like that sometimes like the first time the seed doesn't even get a chance second time sometimes that the seed is sown and it and it springs up and and there is an initial surge of enthusiasm and excitement and 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 celebration oh this is so good let me write that down say that again i'm going to tweet that right away i need to save this because eh, and then it gets hard soil number two and the sun comes up and it's hot and we don't have any real moisture, we don't have any real depth, we, we, and, and the enthusiasm of the launch is not enough to keep us in orbit. Right? And then the third time, it, it's like, we, we, boy, this is good. Yeah, it starts to grow up and then we get distracted by pleasure. Anybody know folks who've gotten distracted by pleasure? Not here, but you know people. Um, <laughs> Uh, or, or, or by distractions of varying kinds where our hearts are pulled, our hearts are pulled, even though we long for the kingdom we, and the seed is sown, it's, it's kind of struggling its way through this forest, this, this weed patch of other desires that are competing for our time and energy and resources. You know how that is? And Jesus says the outcome of that is the weeds win. That's gonna happen. But then, now, parables, like I suggested to you before, are like jokes. You got to know where the punchline is. You got to know where the trip is, and the trip is in this next one. So far, everybody's nodding as Jesus talks because, yeah, that parallels our experience, right? This next one, this is where everybody starts to laugh and think he should stick to carpentry. Or, or something else, because he clearly doesn't know how agriculture works in this way. Because he says sometimes the, f- the seed finds good soil, and, and, and it's sown on there, and it produces a hundred times what was sown. And and the joke is, which I need to clue you in here, because you don't get the joke either, I'm guessing, right? Uh, in the ancient Near East, first century, the average crop yield was between eight and tenfold. A hundred year crop. You know, great grandfather, the best we've ever in living, 30. So Jesus says, when this seed lands in good soil, it produces three times the best harvest you have ever experienced in your lifetime and memory of lifetime. Now Jesus is serious, but everybody kind of thinks he doesn't know what he's talking about because their focus is on the soil, not on the seed. They're thinking, perhaps, how can we be good soil? Perhaps, how can we pull the weeds? Perhaps, how can we kind of sketch out where that rock is so we avoid it. How can we turn the soil over first so that the path isn't such a barrier to the, and Jesus is saying don't screw around with any of that. Nothing you can do about it. Because it's not a parable of inputs, it's a parable of outputs. It's not a parable of the seed, it's a parable of responses to the seed. This is why he says if you've got ears to hear, guess what you'll do? You'll hear. And we're trying to figure out, what's he saying? What's that, that's a, um, what's he mean? <laughs> that must mean something. Yeah, it means if you got ears to hear, you'll hear. That's what it means, right? Uh, and, 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 and So, so he goes, goes into this, and please notice, what Jesus is saying, I think, is demonstrated, it's been demonstrated already here this morning. And because we want so much to pay attention to what Jesus might be saying, right? And I've tried to be moderately entertaining to keep your attention, right? But I've watched it happen. Even in the dim light of this place this morning, I can see that at times I have been saying brilliant things (laughs) and you have been wondering where you're gonna go for lunch. (laughs) Or did I lock the car? Where, did, did we sign the kid in? Right, can I get a witness, anybody like that? So what's been happening, the has been sowing, bang, nothing, you, you got nothing, diddly squat, you have no opportunity to respond to the wonder that you've been hearing. Right, and at the same time, sometimes you, it lands, right, and, and you think, oh, that's good, you write it even down, maybe you, 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 you type it in. And and at some point, I can guarantee you, it's going to get tough, and it's going to weather away because it doesn't really have any root. And sometimes, uh, like is is the case in my heart, uh, you're going to be distracted by the every person. Every person is all four soils all the time. Every person is all four soils all the time, because this is not a parable of sowing, it's a parable of response. Jesus is saying, guys, gals, this is what is going to happen when the seed is sown. People are gonna respond in one of four ways. If, I'll, I'll tell you something, this seed is of such power such magnificence, such beauty, such wonder, that if it is given half a chance in even moderately good soil, it will produce a life-changing outcome. But that's not your business. Your business is not outcomes. Your business is inputs. The parable is about outcomes. But please notice, what's the role then of the sower? And the reason I want you to sit with that for just a second is because we in our pragmatic culture spend massive amounts of time trying to figure out how to fix the soil. Jesus doesn't waste any time with that at all. Because he knows this is going to happen. You can spend boatloads of time addressing the quality of the soil and these will be the same four outcomes every time regardless. So what do you do? What does obedience look like? If you're a sower, you sow, sow. you sow the seed. You make sure you got as quality seed as you possibly can and then you sow it as well as you can and as diligently as you can because Jesus believes that obedience is success, not outcomes. This is really hard for us because we live in a commodification culture. We metricize the life out of everything. We wanna know, bottom line, bottom line. For Jesus, the bottom line is not his business. He has not been charged with the bottom line. He has been charged to sow the seed. And so what does he do? He sows the seed. So you'll notice if we track along here very, very quickly, the next story, uh, I'm, we're not gonna read him, just in the interest of time, but you can this afternoon if you have an opportunity to. But he says, you know, the next, ne- next conversation, his mother and brothers come. They're, they're concerned because his growing popularity has put him in the crosshairs of, of tension and problem, and by the way, they think he's nuts. They think he's lost his mind. Your mother and brothers are outside waiting for you. His response? Who are my mother and brothers? Those who do the will of my father. They are my mother, they are my brothers, they are my sisters, they're my family. Right? Or he, he 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 joins his he says, guys, we're going over to the other side. Remember this story? The storm breaks out, stills a storm. Who is this? Who is this? Great response, who is this? They see him still in the storm. They don't know who he is, right? If you got ears to hear, guess what? You'll hear, if you don't, you won't. You, 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 the task of the light, he's going to say, is to shine. It, it, the light isn't responsible for the pa- places and parts that it illumines. Its job is to shine, it's, it, it, do, you, do you know? This is why he comes back and circles around on, he stills the storm. The disciples, I would say maybe weeds growing up there almost immediately. Oh, and by the way, did you catch on? Most of the response will not be immediate. You sow the seed and guess what happens? Nothing that you can tell. Not right away. So when we get all panicky about outcomes with our kids or with our friends or coworkers, whatever, you know, I find myself—I'm I'm better now, um, yeah, but I, I used to, as a youth pastor, I used to do this as a pastor. I would, at the end of a sermon that I thought was brilliant, I would hang around. <laughs> what, what, what am I doing? You know. It's like, if this is actually the seed of which we're speaking, the impact of it will probably not be finally realized for a long time to come. So what's your job? Sow the seed. Make sure it's as good as it can possibly be, but sow the seed, right? So he sows the seed, stills the storm. It's a kind of seed sowing, right? Because the kingdom is not just words, the kingdom is deeds. He's made that clear in Luke chapter four. He, he goes, sometimes the seed is the word you speak, but sometimes the seed is you. You move into a neighborhood. You are sown into a new job. You move in with new roommates. You're the seed sown in that soil and guess what's gonna happen? four possible outcomes, don't freak out about it. It's just gonna be that way, right? Uh, You share your story, and what happens? Right? You do a good deed for someone, and what happens? (laughs) You know, you pray for somebody, and they're healed, and what happens? Don't write a book. Don't go on tour. Sow the seed. Right? So he, 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 he stills the storm, a form of seed sowing. Disciples don't get it. Weeds, 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 right? Goes onto the far side of the Lake of Galilee, the Gerizim demoniac, comes out. Jesus sows the seed. Guy's delivered, right? And, 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 and he wants to join Jesus. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I don't want you to follow along with me. I want you to go back home and... Sow the seed. Just tell the story. D- yeah. Right, then he sends everybody out on mission and they get so jazzed because they've been able to cast out demons and heal the sick, they come back and they're just giving Jesus their CVs, their resumes, their, their, their Instagram photos, the befores and after extra. They're doing all of this stuff so Jesus will say, good on you boys. And what does he say? Mm, we gotta go away for a while. We're not going to be talking about what you all did. Truth, you didn't do all that much. You just sowed the seed and guess what possible responses there are going to be. Because you'll have discovered already by now that not everybody Jesus healed became a disciple. What a waste of a miracle. (laughs) Gee. You'd think you'd be able to leverage into something. Right? Don't we, don't, don't we think that way? Don't we think that Jesus did not heal people so they would follow him. He healed them because it was a sign of the kingdom of God that has come. Because he loved them. He didn't hang out with sinners so they'd become saints. He hung out with sinners because he loved sinners. And that created the space within which they had freedom to flourish as saints. Hello! And, and some of them did and some of them didn't. And Jesus, just sow the seed, sow the seed, sow the seed. Because you're not responsible for alchemy. After the the, 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 the the he goes back over, Jairus' daughter, the woman with the issue of blood. You know these stories. And Jesus does not stop, as far as we can tell, one single time and celebrate beyond the moment. He just keeps on moving until he becomes the seed that falls into the ground and dies on a Roman cross, executed for treason against the government. And what are the possible responses to that seed? Arguably the best of all seeds sown? Still today It's not about inputs. It's not about metricizing, excuse me, it's not about metricizing output so that we know we've been successful. It's about faithful obedience in the moment. To Jesus, obedience is success. There is no higher outcome than to hear the well done of his father. Everything else is icing on the cake. Everything else, and again, please don't misunderstand me. It's not that he doesn't care. It's just that there's nothing, and, and this is hard for us. But there is nothing he can do to improve the harvest. He is duty bound to let love have its work, even if it doesn't work. Isn't this hard? Anybody loved someone, and it and it and it would bounce right off? You know, because love is a seed sown, isn't it? And, 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 and do you only love when it works? How are you gonna predict that before sowing? You can't, you can't. So what do you do? Yeah, you keep loving. Because if Jesus, if that seed has landed and lodged in your heart, you will know that the world will be saved by love that suffers. I need you to sit with that. Please don't misunderstand me, but we are so focused on getting through life without pain that we miss the profound, deep, soul-shaping beauty that comes from a seed falling into the ground and dying. The world will not be saved through massive displays of power. It will be saved through love that suffers. I wish it were some other way, don't you? I wish it were some other way, but it isn't. This is the only way that is demonstrated to actually work. So when we look at him, and he just seems like if needs present and the father is moving, he is happy to heal people. He's happy to raise folks from the dead. He's happy to keep on preaching and teaching. He's happy to carry the guys along with him and keep saying things to them. He's saying here at the end of the day, Nothing that is hidden will not be revealed. Nothing that is, 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 is concealed that will not be known or brought out in the open. It'll all straighten out at the end. But in the meantime, consider carefully then how you listen. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. What this means, and, and, and I mean, at a core level, I just want to say, especially to those of you who are despairing about the efficiency of doing and being good. That's above your pay grade. The outcomes are not your business. If Jesus were only good when it worked, if Jesus were only loving when it worked, y'all, we wouldn't be here. How many times have you had love bounce right off your forehead longing to draw you to a better way of being and you have insisted that you know your own way home only to discover yourself in the box canyon of stupid? Anybody besides me? I mean, I've left breadcrumbs out of the canyon so many times I'm making sandwiches as we go. <laughs> y- y- you know what I mean? It's just, it's just wh- how, how, why, why? Ah. You want to be like him? You want to live with the freedom that not being anxious about outcomes produces? that get really, really good at listening and obeying, whether it works or not. And get good at being sown into places where it feels like you're dying. That's where life comes from. Because if the seed doesn't fall into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if the seed falls into the ground and dies, it springs forth to eternal life a hundredfold. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit Garden.Church.